In today's episode, we are going to recap our October 15th issue. Stories include weekly update from President Javier, Cultural Resources Department Repository Beam Signing, How to Prevent the Spread of COVID-19 During the Holiday Season, and Voices of Autumn Students at ASU. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to the OAN Podcast. My name is Jessica Joaquin, ad sales slash news reporter for OAN. My co-host today is OAN news reporter Marissa Johnson. How are things, Marissa? Hey, Jess. Going pretty good. I've been baking a lot still. Nice. Yeah. There's actually going to be, um, what is it, like a, a little contest for these gingerbread houses that um, I saw at the store, and you get to decorate them and pretty much, yeah, win a gift card. Oh, cool. What store is that? Trader Joe's, of course. Oh, I love Trader Joe's. <laughs> Oh, man. I didn't know they were doing that. So you're practicing your skills? Yeah. It's kind of like I can just be creative with it. Have you sketched anything out or you're just like you got it in your mind and you know what you're going to do already? So they already have the gingerbread gingerbread houses made, but um, they kind of want you to get creative with it and just add on to it. So I thought, can go a classic nightmare before Christmas, Mm. but... What else is there? What other Halloween memorable? Oh, is it um, for Halloween? Yeah. I don't know why you it, said gingerbread house. I was thinking Christmas yeah. already. It, oh, man. It's yeah, a Halloween haunted house. Gingerbread haunted house. Gingerbread haunted house. What could you do? I don't know. I'm a big true crime buff. So like when I think of really haunted, scary spots, I think of like mass murders and stuff like that. So, so I just put a whole bunch of blood on the house. Broken windows. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I uh, that's a good question. What could you do? You could do like I don't know, a scary movie theme. Um, do something from the community. That would be cool. That's true. I don't know, like the water tower. Make a water tower next to it. Next to a haunted house. Next to a haunted house. <laughs> I don't know. Do they give you so like? It, is it just like you do it at home and you take it in and then people vote on it when they go grocery shopping? Or is no, it like, everything still stays virtual where you just take a picture oh, of you it and then you send it in. What am I thinking? Yeah, no, we're not allowed to do anything. I forgot about that. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, get creative with it. I don't know. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm still thinking of it, but it's mostly based on decoration. How can you make it unique and decoratable to... Wow, the judges, I guess you can say. I mean, I'm just guessing like ghosts and and uh, skeletons and, um, I don't know, black cats and witches. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I actually have little uh, cookie cutters of that, so that's not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck on your gingerbread house there, Marissa. We, you know, let us know how it goes in the next episode. For sure. All right, Marissa, let's start things off with the latest COVID-19 numbers from across the community. These numbers were released October 14th. Total numbers for enrolled SRPMIC members. Enrolled members completing the COVID-19 test is 4,224. Of those tests, 3,772 came back negative with 452 testing positive. That means that 429 community members have recovered. Currently, there are two active cases. Unfortunately, one person is hospitalized, so let's keep them in our thoughts. 
Again, these numbers are updated and released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. There's there's a lot more information than what I just told you. So just be sure to go over to the SRPMIC's uh, Facebook page or website to get all of the numbers. Again, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Up next, we have an update from President Martin Javier, recorded on October 9th. Hello, community members. I come to you today for the weekly update. Uh, just also wanted to announce... Uh, in relation to COVID-19, the pandemic, uh, this past Wednesday, uh, Council has added a fifth directive to the emergency declaration. Just kind of reflect on the, the emergency declaration. Back on April 1st, uh, the community declaration, the first directive was to stay home, uh, no public gatherings, also practice social distancing. That was the first directive on April 1st. The second came on June the 19th. And the second directive was to, to wear face coverings. So that was the second directive. The third directive came on July the 22nd, and that was the overall community curfew. And then on July the 29th was the fourth directive, and the fourth directive was the closure of the Red Mountain area. So today I just wanted to report the fifth directive is in reference to this year's 2020 Halloween. The directive states that there will not be any trick-or-treating or haunted houses in the community for the year 2020. And also that there'll be no activities that bring families together for different or different households together for activities, even if they're outdoor activities. One of the things we really felt as a council, it's important that we listen to our health officials and our health officials have been telling us that after each holiday, the number of positive cases within the community have risen. So for that fact, uh, with information from our, our health officials, the community council has added the fifth directive. And again, that means there will be no trick-or-treating here within the community. Uh, there's, there'll be more information on the website and I'm sure more information will be shared uh, going for, uh, forward, uh, reminding the community that there will be no trick-or-treating here in the community. And and I'll also say there was some discussions about our members going off the community. You know, we would just recommend as a body that we not participate uh, and go outside the community. We're hearing where the other cities are already, you know, taking the, wearing the face mask off of their uh, directives. And so just a concern uh, that we have Hopefully that you would make the decision just to stay home this year and just do things with your immediate family. Uh, also wanted to report, you know, part of this COVID-19, what we're going through, we are coming into the flu season and it's important this year that you get a flu shot. Flu shots are available here in the community. There's a number that's listed where you can call for more information, but I will share with you uh, that number is 362-5555 for more information on where you can go to get your flu shot here in the community. Again, encourage you to get that flu shot, especially with this pandemic still here in, in the community. Also wanted to touch on, you know, every year uh, with, with our CDD department and Epner host a fall overhaul. Uh, again, because of what we're going through this year's uh, fall overhaul will be a virtual fall overhaul. I will say there's going to be an opportunity for our community members to bring our, our medicines, our oils and things to get rid of them. So again, there's opportunities to kind of still participate in fall overhaul uh, this year. Again, the information is shared below. So with that in closing, uh, again, where we're at, what's going on in the country, uh, our numbers right now are down. 
let's not let our guard down. Let's continue to do the things that we've been asked to do as far as our part in, in controlling this uh, pandemic here in the, in the community. And as always, let's shield up. God bless you. Take care. Also, for more information on the fall overhaul, you can call 480-362-7500. There is also more information in the October 15th issue. All right, Marissa, I'll take us into our first story, written by senior reporter Tasha Silverhorn. Cultural Resources Department Repository Beam Signing. On Thursday, September 24th, the Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian Community's Cultural Resources Department, CRD, held a beam signing ceremony for highly anticipated buildings, the Repository and the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act, also known as NAGPRA. The ceremony was limited to a small number of guests due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but an acceptable number of employees from CRD, Public Works, and Engineering and Construction Services, as well as general contractors and architects attended. The two new buildings are located behind the old Salt River Day School at Longmore and McDowell Roads and are set to be completed in the summer of 2021. The repository measures 24,562 square feet and will include administrative and museum staff support areas, collection space for museum artifacts, community relations storage, large rooms for permanent collections, special archive rooms, processing rooms, and two conservation laboratories for preparation of items and archaeological artifacts. The NAGPRA building is a 2,644-square-foot facility that includes a processing room, two collection spaces, and a suite for use during reburial ceremonies. Construction of the repository is under the direction of ECS and the CRD and began in early March. General Contractor Madoff Construction and Architect ADM Group are team-building the new facility. Here's David Dallas, president of Maydahl Construction, on the construction process. So we call this the topping off party. Um, so as you can see, all the walls are erected. And uh, once we get all the steel on, then we'll start drying the building in. So we've uh, done quite a bit to get to this point. All the demo, the underground, um, utilities, and then now we are vertical. And uh, we're real excited about it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a really beautiful um, piece of art for the community. And I hope everyone enjoys it for many years to come. During the repository beam signing ceremony, SRPMIC Vice President Ricardo Leonard and staff from CRD talked about the significance of the two buildings and how they will benefit the preservation of the community's history. Here is Vice President Ricardo Leonard. It is with great joy that I see this structure finally coming to uh, a point to where we can actually say it's here. We've been looking at this place and looking for a place to put our our bones of our ancestors to make them ready to be to be reburied and also to get the the things of our past that that uh, were were found and and uh, brought forward but, but it gives me great joy to look at this place and and I uh, know that this is where everything is going to be at Leonard gave thanks to those who were involved and made this building happen CRD Director Kelly Washington had this to say about the continuance of the project during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm very, very thankful to council, to the community, to admin, to our staff, and ECS, and all the work that everybody put into this. And I'm so grateful that the timing was right on this one. You know, who would have foreseen what's happening right now? 
but uh, this is one of the projects that really made it you know under the wire and it proceeded so uh, I guess this is the time for this to happen it was meant to be our main uh, priority in designing this with ECS and others was uh, function uh, this was a building that's kind of the back of house for what we do. This is really an important uh, foundation for, for, the, for the work that we do. Washington thanked ECS for their work providing what functions were needed and wanted in this building. What is the purpose of NAGPRA? CRD Tribal Historic Preservation Officer Shane Antone said the following. It allows us to get back our ancestors that are housed, currently housed elsewhere in federal repositories or federal things or in for inadvertent discoveries that have a federal nexus and um, uh, you know our deceased are really really important to us they always have been they're a major um, issue for us and and uh, I want to thank council for their support you know for what Kelly said they were doing you know when we told them we needed a better facility for NAGPRA I don't think anybody questioned it I don't think anybody said you know well, why or no you don't or nobody countered they just said well, what can we do to help and that's appreciated. That's not that's not universal. It's not throughout all uh, issues. We're really lucky here in Salt River to have the the makeup we do from from our council to our administration to our directors to to the guy who's you know sweeping mopping the floor. We're all unique and good. We're all equal in the eyes of the Creator, and I think we all recognize that. And so that's why I'm really appreciative to see everybody here today uh, to kind of top this off that we're going to have a. a a functioning facility, a good facility that we can uh, maintain our cultural heritage, our cultural past. After all the speeches, guests had the opportunity to sign the steel beam that would be placed on the building at a future date. Guests were given a walking tour of the site, learning about how contractors and architects implemented design features such as sandwich panels on the exterior walls and grinding the concrete to bring out the rocks, echoing the rocks at the bottom of the river. Once the cultural repository and NAGPRA buildings are completed, the Cultural Resources Department plans to begin renovations on the old day school for it to become the new home for CRD. That way, Cultural Resources Department will operate all its programs and services in a single central location. For updates and progress on the repository and other CRD news, visit CRD's Facebook page at facebook.com slash saltrivercrd or at saltrivercrd on Instagram. There is also a video made by newsperson Chris Picciolo on our Facebook page. Be sure to check it out. Marissa, you and I were just out there at that location recently when we went uh, drone flying. What do you think of the progress? Wow. I remember being there during the groundbreaking and just seeing that empty plot of land. But now to see a building coming up, it's surreal. It's pretty definitely. cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely pretty cool. And to hear their ideas about each room, what it's going to be meant for, I think this is going to be a pretty, pretty, pretty building. I agree. I agree. All right, let's go into our second story, How to Prevent the Spread of COVID-19 During the Holiday Season by Tasha Silverhorn. As the fall and winter holidays are now around the corner, the Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian community members are wondering what their Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and other holiday celebrations will look like this year. Will the SRPMIC have new guidelines set for these celebrations, or will we continue to abide by the community's curfew to reduce the spread of COVID-19. 
The current guidelines for community members and residents stem from the emergency declaration, curfew to reduce the spread of COVID-19, which has been in effect since July. The declaration states, the curfew is in effect from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. During that time, all persons should be at their place of residence, with exceptions including police, fire, and medical personnel. Residents are required to stop gathering among non-household members. Community members are to stay home except for essential services, limit gatherings to 10 people or fewer, wear face coverings, and obey the curfew. SRPMIC Health and Human Services can issue directives for persons to isolate pending testing results or quarantine if testing positive. HHS directives are enforceable if violated under Section 1503 of the SRPMIC Code of Ordinance. There is a civil offense fine of 250 with second and subsequent fines of 500. The SRPMIC local emergency directives will be enforced by one, education, two, opportunity to comply, and finally three, action taken under Section 1503 of the SRPMIC Code of Ordinance, civil offense fine of 250, second and subsequent fines of 500. New guidelines from the SRP MIC Council on Halloween celebrations were approved on Wednesday, October 7, 2020. The COVID-19 Halloween Directive imposes the following. No trick-or-treating or haunted houses for Halloween 2020. No activity that brings people of different households together even if activities are held outdoors. All Halloween 2020 activities are restricted to 10 people or less. In addition, the following protective measures are recommended to be reinforced. Wear a mask covering. Wash hands regularly with soap and water or clean with alcohol-based hand rub. Maintain at least six feet distance from persons not of your household. Avoid touching your face. Cover your mouth and nose when coughing or sneezing. Stay home if you feel sick. For more information, read the full story at autumnnews.org. Because of all of that, here are five low-risk Halloween activities to do at home with family. Have a virtual Halloween costume contest with friends or family. Carve pumpkins with family to display outside your home. Bake and decorate Halloween cookies. Have an outdoor-indoor family movie night. Decorate your home inside and out with fall decor or Halloween decorations. All right, let's jump into our next story, Voices of Autumn Students at ASU. A new Native American group called Voices of Autumn Students at Arizona State University, or VOSA, has started to take shape at ASU's Tempe campus. VOSA was created specifically for autumn students as a way for their voices to be heard. While the organization is open to anyone who is interested, it was created with autumn students in mind. VOSA works with ASU and other Native American groups to make sure autumn people are being represented in all aspects. For example, when ASU is hosting any type of gathering, VOSA would like to make sure that there is land acknowledgement of the area so the people in attendance know that Tempe is a part of ancestral autumn land. Or when other Native American groups are having a gathering, VOSA is making sure that autumn voices are represented too, by presenting activities or traditional knowledge that relates to the autumn. The club's overall goal is to promote culture, advocacy, mentorship, reclaiming our space, indigenization through education, community outreach, and connection. Weekly Zoom meetings are held every Friday at 4 p.m. Everyone is welcome to join. To learn more about VOSA, check out their Facebook page, Voices of Autumn Students at ASU, and Instagram at vosa.asu. 
There are more stories in our October 15th issue, so please head over to our website, autumnnews.org, where you can read the paper cover to cover via PDF. One story in particular is by news reporter Chris Picciolo about caring for protected wild horses. In it, he also gets into the history of how the wild horses became part of the community. I thought it was fascinating. You'll definitely want to check that out. He also captured some really fabulous photos of some horses. Other stories include National Domestic Violence Awareness Month, more community member business owner profiles, Salt River Social Services celebrates Kinship Care Month, and three decades of harvesting for Roger Brothers at SRPMIC. Don't forget to follow us on social media. OAN is on Facebook and Instagram. All right. And once again, Marissa Johnson, take us out. Everyone have a great day and thank you for listening to the OAN podcast. Mm -hmm.